0: borders stay closed for another month
1: we haven't yet reached high enough thresholds of second dose vaccination
0: the phased approach that favors canadians who return home but hurts tourism
2: big developments in a narrow murder mystery involving brothers killed in a targeted hit the search for an armed and dangerous suspect still on the loose
0: and heartbreak at BC Children's Hospital. I feel as the hospital really let down the province. The doctors' dispute that's killing its world-renowned cardiac unit.
3: You're watching
4: Global
2: BC. This is Global News Hour at six. Good evening and thanks for joining us. Well, it's not the news anyone in tourism wants to hear. The border is not reopening anytime soon.
0: Despite growing pressure, the Canadian and U.S. governments have agreed to keep the border shut to non-essential travel for at least another month. Richard Zussman is live in Victoria with the reaction to that decision and more on the rollout of Canada's rules for post-pandemic international travel. Richard? Richard?
5: The Empress Hotel Sophie is one of those places visitors from around the world come to when they are here in Victoria. So there's no doubt disappointment for those international visitors as well as British Columbians around the news today. There was optimism, especially after the conversation yesterday between the Prime Minister and the Premier, that today was going to be the day that we found out details on when international borders with Canada would be open. Instead, we get that extension, as you mentioned closed at least for another month.
1: We have to hit our targets of 75 uh, percent vaccinated with the first dose, uh, at least 20 percent vaccinated the second dose uh, before we can start loosening things up.
5: The federal government announcing Friday the U.S.-Canada land border will be closed until July 21st for non-essential travel. Pressure has been mounting on Ottawa to outline a plan for when cars can once again cross for recreational reasons. But Ottawa doesn't have a vaccine passport ready yet to prove those
1: two doses. We are working with the provinces to establish uh, a national uh, certification of vaccination status uh, that will be easily accepted around the world.
5: Before the program is ready, expected by fall, travelers will be required to scan their vaccination proof and put it into the ArriveCAN Can app. Ultimately, BC will be sharing your vaccination data with Ottawa
6: to help with the certification. We are working with uh, the federal government about how they can um, develop a a Canadian passport that is recognized internationally that uh, links in a confidential way.
5: Less than a month ago, a panel of experts laid out the science showing it's safe now for double vaccinated people to travel across the border with a negative COVID test and no quarantine. Industry groups say time is ticking on Ottawa to lay out the plan
7: those people who are making those decisions about where they're going to have their events in the summer and the fall and into next year and beyond are making those decisions now that is why it is imperative that the government provides guidelines so decisions can be made
5: expectation is Ottawa's plans could come on monday as to when fully vaccinated Canadians can return to Canada without the now required 14 day quarantine As for a larger plan for recreational travel, the hope is that will come Monday as well.
1: That's what I talked with the premiers about last night. And uh, I can tell you there is a a tremendous uh, focus on making sure we're working together to do this as quickly and safely as possible because we all want to get back to normal.
5: Another one of the complications is what people will do if they are traveling with kids. Those under 12 right now cannot be vaccinated. And it's still unknown if they will be able to travel back into Canada if they're Canadian citizens uh, because they don't have that vaccine. So they potentially may have to quarantine. Sophie, it's still one of those things that the federal government hasn't figured out and may be a part of that announcement we hear
0: on Monday. All right. We'll see what they the same Monday. Thank you, Richard.
5: All right, in
2: addition to that, struggling downtown Vancouver businesses are facing a second summer without cruise ship passengers and now no U.S. visitors until at least the end of July. John Waugh has more on the continuing suspension of tourism and why the industry says the federal government has the ticket it needs to survive.
8: This sound might as well be a cry for help. The problem, there are barely any tourists in Vancouver's Gastown to hear it.
1: Usually very crowded, a lot wow. of people here, but it's really quiet as you can see.
8: Like many businesses here, the summer months are silver galleries' time to shine. Sales made from customers coming up from down south can make or break their year. U.S. compared to other countries, I think they probably the number one for our business. But news that a ban on non-essential travel from the United States is being extended until July 21st. Has Shaw worried about getting back into the black?
9: This two months, if last, basically the rest is a struggle.
8: The fact there are no tourists here taking pictures of the Gastown steam clock is one thing. But the numbers really show how Vancouver tourism has lost a lot of steam due to the pandemic and border closures. In July of 2019, Vancouver saw more than 325,000 visitors from the U.S. alone. The same month last year, just under 4,600. That's more than a 98% decrease. It's a
10: double whammy, if you will. Now that we are seeing BC travel open up again, BCers are traveling to the usual hot spots, and we aren't seeing international visitors. So it
1: really hurts Metro Vancouver.
8: While some have pointed to government travel incentives to fill the gap, the industry says fully vaccinated tourists should be the main focus.
10: Certainly the industry was hoping that the border would be reopened sometime in early July, at least to fully vaccinated
8: visitors. Now there's really no certainty. For business owners doing their very best to hang on. They say what it sounds like is that this crucial time during the summer to recoup their sales might soon be running out. John Hua, Global News.
0: Well, hotels, attractions, and the provincial government have all been encouraging British Columbians to stay local when traveling this summer. And now that the travel restrictions have been lifted within our province, it appears a lot of people are following that advice. Aaron MacArthur is live at the Towsen Ferry Terminal. Uh, Aaron, we're hearing BC Ferries reservation system has been pretty busy.
11: Yeah, at one point today, Sophie, the reservation system crashed. So many people logged on trying to book one of those reservations. And while the ferry terminal is busier than it's been in months, still a long way to go to make up for all of those missing international visitors. The ferries are full. People taking advantage of their new freedom. Trips to the island are on more than a few people's minds.
0: I mean, I haven't
12: done a road trip since last March, so little bit unnerving but exciting at the same time.
1: Uh, it's exciting to see a one sailing weight to heading
11: back home. and The demand for travel so heavy this Father's Day weekend, the ferry's website crashed Friday morning. E.C. Ferry says as the summer progresses, the schedule will look a lot more like it used to.
7: We are not predicting it will be a similar summer to pre-pandemic levels. Uh, we know there's gonna be a lot of uh, pent-up demand for travel from British Columbians uh, once we start to move into step three.
11: Across the province, tourists are on the move. The Sea to Sky Corridor busy with campers. Whistler Village alive. Beautiful
6: weather, it feels almost like we're back to normal. See the yep. light at the end of the tunnel.
12: The
11: issue going forward is capacity in the tourism sector. Hotels are filling up or sold out across BC. In the Thompson Okanagan, the advice is to think further afield. It might be too late to book in many of the major centres.
0: We're certainly seeing a lot of need for employees in the industry. A lot of people have left the industry and found other work. And, and so they're definitely working hard to try and deliver great service. And, and we're asking people to be a little patient because
6: we are coming from you know,
11: zero to 100 all of us. While Friday evening ferry traffic is busy, there should be plenty of room in the off-peak travel times. Travel volume still below what is typical for this time of year. Yeah, as the hotels start to fill up in in the hot spots where British Columbians tend to go, the prices are starting to come up as well. Tourism operators are encouraging people, as I said in the story, to look a little farther afield in some of the smaller centres away from the major destinations
2: in British Columbia. Sophie, Chris?
0: There are many gems out there in this province. Thanks for that, Aaron.
2: All right, more than 76% of eligible adults in B.C. have now received at least one dose of the COVID-19 vaccine. We have 109 new cases of the virus in our province. That brings the total to close to 147,000. One person has died from COVID in the last 24 hours. 128 patients are currently receiving treatment in hospital. 48 of those are in the ICU And we have nearly 1,400 active cases. It's good to see that number dropping with good regularity. All right. Keith Baldry joins us now and has more information about those vaccine rates, which, of course, Mm -hmm. are critical across the province. Keith, which health authorities are doing the best here?
13: Yeah, very interesting to take a look at the regional breakdown of our vaccination program. There are some distinct differences in, t- in terms of the take up amongst the population. No surprise, take a look at this. This reflects some of the report I've been doing recently of, of uh, towns that have the most take up. Vancouver Coastal, 79% of people living there have received dose one, 14% dose two. Vancouver Island, close behind, as is Fraser Health. Where there's a bit of a problem is in the interior and the north, because there's a number of communities there that have very low vaccination rates. So 63% in the north. We're trying to get to at least 85%, folks. We're doing that in a number of communities and cities and municipalities in Metro Vancouver and the Capital Region. The issue is right now the north and the interior. It's not the entire north interior, but Peace River, for example, uh, towns like Dawson Creek, Fort St. John, barely cracking 50%. They've been that way for some time. one has a very low number. Uh, a number of uh, the rural areas around Prince George has low vaccination numbers. Uh, again, the vast majority of towns and municipalities in Metro Vancouver and Vancouver Island have pretty high numbers, reflecting, I think, a lot of seniors living there who were first to get the dose. Uh, again, we're now our first doses are going up at about 0.2 percent a, a day, and our second doses are really taken off at more than one point a day. So we're we're getting those second doses in people's arms at a record rate.
2: Well, we know one guy who got a second dose today is the premier. John Horgan got his. Uh, what did he have to say about it?
13: Yeah, he took to Twitter to point out and tweeted a photo of himself getting AstraZeneca and saying basically take the first the vaccine that's put in front of you, the first vaccine that's put in front of you. So he had AstraZeneca the first time around. He's got AstraZeneca the second time around. No surprise. I think he wants to make it clear that AstraZeneca is a very safe vaccine. I got AstraZeneca. I think you did too, Chris. So did Sophie. I'm going to get AstraZeneca as soon as it's put in front of me. Hopefully that's
2: soon. I. It's funny. In Full disclosure, I've got Pfizer booked on Monday, so I want to give away. But again, personal choice, and there is no wrong answer here. No wrong choice. They're all safe and effective vaccines. All right. Thanks,
13: Keith.
0: All right. Exactly. A uh, Creston school is getting a new name as part of the reconciliation process with Indigenous communities. The school district voted to remove the name Prince Charles Secondary School. As of today, the school will be referred to as the Creston Valley Secondary School until a permanent name is chosen. The decision to remove the reference to the royal family was made after consultations with staff and community.
2: North Vancouver's tsleil Nation held a traditional naming ceremony for its school today. The tsleil Nation School is certified by the First Nations Schools Association. Its mission is to foster community learning where every student feels safe and is able to thrive in a nurturing environment. With a focus on First Nations language and heritage, the small school pairs students' unique needs and goals with innovative student-centered instruction.
0: An armed and dangerous suspect on the loose. Startling new developments connected to a murder mystery in wine country. And the case of two brothers killed in a targeted hit near Naramata. That's next on the News Hour.
2: A B.C. family solves a backyard mystery with this incredible video of a moose playing tetherball. That's coming up later on the News Hour.
0: And crowns and clowns, why these riders are tackling an epic ride that will test their endurance all in one day.
2: That's a little later, but right now two men have been charged in connection with a double homicide in the Okanagan. The victims, 31-year-old Carlo and 29-year-old Eric Fryer, were found dead on a remote logging road near Naramata on May 10th. The brothers' deaths are believed to be connected to gang and drug activity in the Okanagan and northern B.C. and also in the Lower Mainland. First-degree murder charges have been laid against 32-year-old Wade Cudmore of Naramata and 35-year-old Anthony Graham of Penticton. Now, Graham remains at large. And two photos have been released to the public. He's considered armed and dangerous. So if you see him, call 911 immediately. Wade Cudmore, one of the suspects, is the son of a third homicide victim in the area, Kathy Richardson. The 57-year-old was found dead in her home last week. RCMP entered the home in connection with the double homicide. But they are releasing few other details about a possible motive in her death. Friends say she was a beloved hairdresser and a very caring person and was not involved in illegal activity.
14: Uh, Our investigation is still very much ongoing. I have to uh, protect the integrity of that investigation. And our investigators are dedicated to determining exactly what happened to Kathleen Richardson um, and and identifying the uh, person or persons responsible for her death
0: a controversial officer has lost his job with the vancouver police department neil logan was a constable and just this past week he was suspended but that's not what cost him his job
6: rumina Dea explains the vpd confirmed constable neil logan has been fired but they are not answering any other questions vancouver police initially suspended logan for misconduct in connection to a case involving his former girlfriend. But the commissioner for the OPCC didn't believe it was enough, so a review was ordered. The decision to dismiss Constable Logan was made under the Police Act by adjudicator and retired Judge Brian Neal, who said Logan has shown no remorse, adding the assaultive behavior is serious and there is a real risk for future misconduct. Much of the decision is redacted. In 2017, Logan and his then-girlfriend, Alyssa Leblevick, went on a romantic getaway to Oregon. Leblevick told Global News Logan was intoxicated. They got into an argument. He punched the windshield and later repeatedly assaulted her at their hotel. He should
12: not be a police officer. I mean, he has two active cases right now before the police complaints commissioner, uh, both for violent assaults, one for excessive
6: force, and then my situation. Logan was never criminally charged in relation to the Oregon case. Just last week, the officer was given an eight-day suspension in a different matter dating back to 2016. Vladimir Chaikun was beaten by Vancouver police and arrested along with his son and wife after a wellness check on Chaikun's wife erupted in violence. No criminal charges were laid in the Chai case, but Logan is facing criminal charges in two other matters involving a domestic violence case and a drug file. None of the allegations has been proven in court. Romina Dea, Global News.
2: Just ahead, marine experts surprised and thrilled by a recent arrival. The rare whale spotted just off the coast of B.C.,
0: but first, bear awareness in Whistler. If you're hitting the trails, a warning, you definitely won't be alone.
14: Upper Levels Highway 1 westbound just before Cypress Bowl Road in West Vancouver. An animal's been struck blocking the right lane, so traffic moving slow, headed to the Sea to Sky Highway in Horseshoe Bay, uh, backing up westbound, but eastbound seems to be wide open. From home to car insurance, BCAA's local experts are here for all your insurance needs. Visit BCAA.com. In Global One above West Vancouver, I'm Tim May.
15: The special stories that shape our province, as suggested by our viewers. This is BC with Jay Durant. Real people, real stories. On Global News Hour at 6.
0: The uneasy mix of bears and humans has always been something of a concern in Whistler. But locals are saying the pandemic has made it worse. As Jordan Armstrong reports, they say the lack of tourists has emboldened more of the animals to venture further into the village.
16: I guess I've been here seven days and I've seen three bears.
3: And it didn't take us very long, and we didn't have to go very far. Only steps up a popular trail to see not one, not two, but three bears of our own. We kept our distance and left the area. These hikers did the same.
13: Uh, there seems to be a lot more bears here uh, this year. No!
3: Oh. Of course, bears have always been in Whistler, but some locals believe that with fewer tourists and less noise, the animals are roaming closer to the village.
1: One pulled us down this trail last, last night? Two, two, two nights, nights ago. ago. Two nights
3: ago. Yeah. So he's maybe yeah. 20 feet behind us. And with visitors beginning to return, there is concern.
16: Because there are now going to be many more bears than there was before. So people and bears together literally often mean a dead bear and none of us want that.
3: Tina James is an environmentalist and former member of Whistler Bear Smart.
16: We need to bring awareness to people coming from out of time of what to do and how to behave. If you see a bear while driving.
3: Don't there are public service ads on radio, but James would like to see more signage, more pamphlets.
16: When you see a bear, try and go in the opposite direction. Don't ever run. Please don't leave garbage in your house or in your cars. Don't get big groups of people together. Just go. The B.C.
3: Conservation Officer Service did not respond by deadline. A spokesperson for the resort municipality of Whistler said there does not seem to be more sightings and added, quote, there are no Urgent bear issues.
16: That's to me is burying your head in the sand and not dealing with an issue that could be dealt with in a good way before it even starts.
3: Jordan Armstrong, Global News, Whistler.
2: A sighting off the coast of Haida has locals and marine biologists buzzing with excitement. A critically endangered species that's only been spotted four times in the past 70 years. Paul Johnson has the story of the return of a right whale and in the incredible video. Imagine the thrill when they spotted this the massive dark
15: body and then the distinctive V shaped blow. Only a right whale
8: does that. The North Pacific right whale is the the rarest whale species that we know of in the North Pacific Ocean.
15: Jared Towers and James Pilkington had blown through most of a two week expedition searching for the elusive, critically endangered animal when they finally spotted one off the northwest coast of Haida Gwaii recently.
8: It's probable that. You know, we were the only small boat to ever have come close to this animal. And um, yeah, I, I think it definitely knew that we were there.
15: The world's right whales were the first and most highly sought after targets in the early days of whaling. They produced massive amounts of whale oil and they had the convenient property of floating after being harpooned. Soviet whalers only gave up hunting them as late as the early 1980s. And the population in the eastern Pacific is estimated at only between 30 and 50 whales now.
8: One of the main things about these animals is that they're absolutely massive when they're adults. They can be almost 60 feet long and they're very rotund. Towers
15: in Pilkington got to float along and watch the Leviathan over the span of two days, getting DNA samples and observing the way it fed on a cloud of plankton. With so few of them and so little known about their wanderings off the west coast of Canada, developing better knowledge about their life cycle and habitat is a first step toward figuring out a way to help revive the species. But this latest trip will be remembered for the thrill of discovery.
8: I personally cruised tens of thousands of miles looking for cetaceans. So, um, yeah, it it was fantastic to finally find one.
15: Paul Johnson, Global News.
0: It's a first Father's Day they're never going to forget.
14: The stars and the moons aligned and definitely wanted this little guy to be
2: a part of our lives.
0: How healthcare professionals went above and beyond to help them witness the birth of their son.
2: And the real victims of a dispute between doctors that's put BC Children's Transplant Program on hold.
14: on Highway 1 westbound before Gilardi has the left two lanes blocked off, so it's slow getting through westbound, eastbound slowing a little bit due to the visual distraction. Through a t- new charitable partnership between Kermac Cares for Kids and Surrey Memorial Hospital, when you choose Kermak Collision and Autoglass, you also support the Surrey Memorial Children's Health Center. In Global One Above Highway 1, I'm Tim May.
2: A conflict between two doctors has thrown the B.C. Children's Hospital multi-organ transplant program into limbo. The head of the program at Children's Hospital is now taking a leave of absence, and that's raising questions about the future, especially for parents who are wondering if they'll have to leave the province for a child's life-saving transplant. Nitu Garcha explains.
17: 15-year-old Lauren Buse is one of several BC Children's Hospital patients whose family has been thrust into a last-minute scramble to find a specialized surgeon for her heart.
2: We, you know, at the worst would have to sell our home and uh, the proceeds uh, put it all towards... Uh, going to the United States to have it done.
17: With little explanation, they were told the hospital's heart transplant program is being suspended indefinitely, as the chief of pediatric cardiothoracic surgery is taking a leave of absence starting July 1st.
2: And it's disappointing because you can see your daughter is starting to slow down and that uh, it weighs heavy on you.
13: Hi,
17: how are you? The ripple effects, forcing some to relocate to Edmonton, Toronto or the U.S. My feel is the hospital really let down the province here. They really let down the team. The problem is believed to be rooted in a systemic failure by the Provincial Health Services Authority and BC Children's Hospital Management to create a healthy working environment amid a toxic dispute between surgeons Dr. Sanjeev Gandhi and Dr. Andrew Campbell. We had Dr. Campbell. We love him. We know so many people who had Dr. Gandhi. They love him. They needed
0: the support. They needed intervention long ago um, in order for the interpersonal issues to be resolved.
17: A recent Supreme Court decision says the hospital appeal board was critical of the role of BC Children's Hospital Administration in the dysfunction and its failure to undertake investigatory or disciplinary measures, and that the hospital's rather cynical conduct was considered unsatisfactory, attracting little sympathy from the court.
7: It's the children that are suffering
6: and and the families that are just beside themselves.
17: The Provincial Health Services Authority denied multiple global news requests for an interview and dodged specific questions concerning affected families, only providing a written statement on behalf of the hospital, which points to an immediate shortage of cardiac surgeons, adding, we deeply regret causing families additional stress.
2: It's somewhat demoralizing and I can say uh, devastating to hear that.
17: Families are calling on those at the top to resolve the problems so their sick children don't have to pay the price. Nitu Garja, Global News, Vancouver.
0: Well, the province is boosting funding for eating disorder programs just as there's a surge in British Columbians seeking help for the life-threatening illness. The government is providing $6.6 million over three years to expand eating disorder care in B.C. The bulk of the money will help hire staff across all health authorities and increase capacity. The Looking Glass Foundation will receive... $530,000 $530,000 to expand its virtual eating disorder program, which serves clients in rural or remote communities.
2: This Sunday's Father's Day will be extra special for a Yukon family. The birth of the couple's first child took a dramatic turn and they had to race to Vancouver.
0: It was right at the peak of the third wave with strict COVID protocols. But as Catherine Urquhart reports, the dads say the staff at St. Paul's Hospital helped them every step of the way.
11: Because he's so cute.
12: Meet baby Yukon, now almost two months old. This beautiful baby boy is the son of Greg Shaw and Alan Penny.
14: He's a pretty easygoing baby. He uh, doesn't cry too, too much. He... uh, Likes his food, he likes to sleep, He's, you know, just likes to look around, look at shapes, objects, people. He's starting to giggle a little bit and starting to smile more, so it's been an absolute joy.
12: Yukon's <laughs> arrival was rather dramatic. Shaw and Penny's friend, who was their surrogate, went into labor at just 33 weeks gestation. And since Whitehorse General Hospital doesn't have a neonatal intensive care unit... The birth mom had to be medevaced to St. Paul's Hospital in Vancouver.
14: As soon as they said Vancouver and that like we had to go, like I was, I was crying.
12: Shaw, a hospital worker, and Penny, a teacher, boarded a flight the next morning. Then due to COVID, they were told only one of them could witness the birth. Fortunately, a social worker intervened and both were permitted to be in the room. We bent the rules a bit um, just to make sure that they both could attend the birth and then that they were both, of course, welcome in the NICU 24-7. We have unrestricted visitation.
14: I think it means everything, just having the ability to witness the birth of our son.
12: The two dads say they're telling their story to express their gratitude to the staff at St. Paul's Hospital.
14: It was a really emotional moment to say goodbye to these people that provided love and support and care to our child and to us during that one of the most emotionally fragile times of our lives.
12: Yukon holds a really special place in our hearts, all of us. We all really loved them and it was um, it was just really lovely seeing uh, it was just like yeah, a little bit of sunshine for us. Both say they're staying in touch with staff on Facebook and are looking forward to their first Father's Day katherine urquhart global news
2: father's days twice as good for those guys all right up next okanagan grads feel like they hit the jackpot
0: i was extremely stoked
2: the story behind a million dollar graduation gift every student is going to share
0: also a moose on the loose with a tether ball. the story behind this surprising video just ahead
4: You're watching Global News Hour at 6.
0: A baby emu is among the newest residents of the Surrey Animal Shelter. (laughs) He's only about two weeks old.
2: The chick arrived last night after it was found on the loose in Morgan Creek. The shelter says it took three days for the people who first spotted the emu to catch up to him. Emus are pretty fast and they had to use a net to contain the bird in their backyard. Since emus are prohibited in Surrey and can't be adopted out, this one is going to have a temporary stay at the shelter, where eagle chicks are also nesting and learning to fly.
1: I've been in the sheltering industry for almost 20 years, and I've never seen an emu come into the shelter before. So um, he's definitely adorable and and definitely needs a, a special place to go.
2: And that special place is an emu rescue center. The facility will be taking the baby bird in, so he'll be able to hang out with other emus as well.
0: He's beautiful.
2: Sure is. Okay, to me, this is the most amazing video of the day. A family in Chetwynd could not figure out why their children's tetherball pole kept getting knocked down, but now they know.
0: A viewer sent us this video of a moose happily and enthusiastically playing tetherball by itself this morning. Kind of like me when I was in grade three. It shows a lot of dexterity. (laughs) Heading the ball, sometimes kicking the ball with its front hoof, sometimes with its back hoof, but clearly having a great time. (laughs) I never quite figured out how to play it.
5: (laughs) Well,
2: the moose is struggling a little bit there, too, but it's obviously enjoying itself <laughs> all right there's christy now out in the sunshine as we head into what feels like a mm-hmm. long weekend but isn't but boy is it ever going to be beautiful for father's day
7: it is and that's a very good point as well as we transition officially into summer. It's going to feel like summer but we've got that one blip that we're still talking about and I want to start things off quickly with a look at the fire danger rating as we head into a weekend like this. So two days of hot sunny weather and all of a sudden that fire danger rating climbs right across the province and we've got a stretch of hot dry weather so keep that in mind because we are at the start of the forest fire season and we'd like to avoid as much as we can. Now see that wave of rain that that's across bc from the central coast right through the central interior down to the columbia region so that is some moisture but it's not going to give a ton so we're talking about two to seven millimeters and that's about it we need better soaking to be able to really help the fire danger rating so that is some moisture will help for tomorrow but overall we're going to be seeing dry uh, hot conditions so there you go down to williams lake shower certainly the columbia region as well the rest of southern bc really just some cloud cover slight chance of showers up towards house sound and whistler but for our region just some cloud cover back to sunshine as we transition into summer and father's day and it looks like we have that uh, heat and warmth to heat and sunshine to stay here's your central windows weather window for tonight from the okanagan falls area gorgeous shot with the layers of clouds there and some pink hues thank you to kathleen for that heavenly thank you christy Central Okanagan High School grads
0: are benefiting from enriched learning thanks to a pair of generous donors. Each
2: grade 12 student in School District 23 is being gifted $500 from what was at first a mystery couple. The grad class of 2021 got the news in a letter signed only by Lance and Tammy. The donors now revealed as the owners of a hemp company. They applauded the students for making it through a challenging 16 months during covid saying their community is proud of them for persevering and succeeding in unprecedented times
16: i was extremely stoked it was a like very shocking message to get it was a big surprise
1: and me and my friends were uh, all very grateful and happy for that it's a great helping helping hand
11: we just felt it was time for something positive kids have had a very very difficult year um, moving into um, the end of grad and, and the rest of your life, it's some tough decisions. A bit of shell shock, I think, with, with these young adults, these kids. And we have the dollars. We've been thinking of looking at moving some more money uh, into donations, and we felt that this was a worthy cause.
2: With about 2,000 graduating students, the donation works out to about a million dollars in total, the grads can apply for their cash gifts online until June 23rd through a school district registration system. Spend that money wisely.
0: Great surprise for them.
2: For sure. All right, now a group of seven local riders are putting their legs and their lungs to the test to raise money and awareness for mental health.
0: The Crowns and Clowns cyclists are not only tackling the infamous North Shore Triple Crown, of Mount Seymour, Grouse and Cypress. They're also tacking on a ride up the Sea to Sky Highway to Whistler all in one day. That's about 240 kilometers with over 5,000 meters of elevation gain. This is such an important cause. I think uh, through the pandemic and especially this last year, people have really suffered from mental health and this is just a great way to bring awareness to it and uh, can't be more than happy to do this. And you can donate or you can register to take on your own challenge online. The website on your screen, CourageToGoFurther.ca. And by the way, they just wrapped up their ride in Whistler and they're tired but happy.
2: Oh, that's great. <laughs> I wondered. Because those are rides you've done, just well. not together, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not all in one day.
2: No, crazy.
0: And <laughs> not even close. That's pretty crazy for sure. But good for them.
2: Good for them. All right, there's Squire and a look uh, ahead to
18: sports. Yes, the uh, Fraser Valley Bandits basketball team getting ready to start their season, and it's in a good
2: league for young Canadians to learn. Learning from pros somewhere where I want to be in the next three, four years, these guys are, so soak up as much stuff as I can.
18: Adam Page is one of the six BC players on the Bandits who will benefit from the Canadian League.
0: Also tonight, satellite debris is finger-licking. Good.
4: Ew. Ew. <coughs> and of course, he's never invited to There's a
18: light over there. Oh, sorry. Yes. There's a
0: light over there. What?
18: No, no, no. Because <laughs> I'm facing a different camera. The other camera's way over there and it's very light and I, I sometimes I don't know what I've written.
0: Are you going to be okay?
18: I'm going to be okay. okay. That's the good news. Okay.
0: All right, before you get to that weirdo commercial in satellite debris, you have sports.
17: <laughs>
18: <laughs> Didn't like people sticking their fingers in the rear. Uh, the uh, Whitecaps are back after a month-long break. They'll face uh, Riel Salt Lake tonight. 7 o'clock game time, and you can uh, hear the game on AM 730. Lucas Cavallini is not going to start in this game. He is back from the national team, but he had a lot of traveling, so they're going to put him on the bench. He might come on late. But Brian White, whom the Whitecaps did get in a trade from the Red Bulls during that month off, he will start. The uh, Montreal Canadiens have lost head coach Dominique Ducharme for the rest of their series with Vegas after he tested positive for COVID. That's despite having two vaccinations, although his second shot was only on uh, June the 9th. The rest of the team has tested negative, so game one went on as scheduled with Luke Richardson running the Canadiens bench. Played a lot of years in the NHL, and there's Alex Burroughs, one of his assistants.
9: All right. You can see he's
5: looking down
18: Braden McNabb, big hit on Nick Suzuki. That's not a penalty. That's a hard hit. Suzuki bounces right back up though. Little guys are tough. This is uh, the oldest player in the halves making a rookie mistake. Eric Stahl just chucks it out in front of the net. What's he thinking? Nicholas Was scores to make it one nothing. So Montreal's youngest player will bail them out. Cole Caulfield, who's 19. He's almost half the age of the 36 year old Eric Stahl. That ties at 1-1 in the second period. The Habs have hardly any shots on goal in this game. England against Scotland. It's kind of like Braveheart without the blood and Mel Gibson. Look at that. John Stones, like he has helium in him. Gets up, but hits the post. Scotland has a chance. Stephen O'Donnell. But Jordan Pitford... A- Gets across to make the save. Nice save by Pickford there. And then late in the game, big scramble in front of the Scottish net, but England cannot put it in. Scotland clears and they get the scoreless draw against their rivals. Okay, two Tory Pines, second round US Open. Canadian Mackenzie Hughes in the salad bar, chipping out and, and count it. Even more. And then on the second hole, a 40 footer for birdie. Tied for the low round of the day so far at 467. He's actually tied for 7th at 2 under. Adam Hadwin right now with a couple of holes to play. He is uh, tied for 11th. That's going to change. All right. A week from tomorrow, the Fraser make that the Fraser Valley Bandits will start their third Canadian Elite Basketball League season. All but two of the players are Canadians and six are BC
9: guys. The Canadian Elite Basketball League is all about giving young Canadians a setting to develop their skills and hopefully launch a pro career, whether that be in Europe, Asia, or North America. Semi Amu High School grad Adam Page is getting his big chance this year. He's still a U-sport athlete at the University of Alberta, but he was drafted by the Bandits this past spring and is now immersed in his first-ever professional training camp.
2: I think the first, first half of the practice was a, a little much. My head was everywhere, but then slowly started to settle in. And with more practice, more reps, it's just going to get easier and easier. And I already saw that towards the end of practice.
9: And he doesn't have to look far to get some veteran help. Merrick Klassen, who's from Abbotsford, is in his third season with the Bandits. It's just being and showcasing my professionalism that I've been here, done this. Let them follow that. Uh, let them see the work ethic. Let them see the uh, and just even how we transition from drill to drill. And uh, just hoping that they can prepare themselves for the next level. Page wants to soak it all in, then return to Alberta in the fall and apply that knowledge. It's a steep learning curve, playing with and against pros always playing for their next contract but Adams made a solid first impression.
14: He's a very smart player. You don't need to tell him a lot of things. And
2: so, um, again, I think the future is bright, and, and he's, he's catching on just as well as any other player right now. He's catching on. I know there's going to be an opportunity. Everyone gets an opportunity. And it's just if you seize the moment and take hold of it. So whether that's in practice, I play good. Maybe it's a couple minutes in one game, but I play good. If I uh, play good in the opportunity, then things can happen from there.
18: I wish what I said was right. I said Adam Havin, 11th right now, actually 21st, but a couple of holes to
2: go. There you go. That's only a couple of strokes, probably two.
0: All right, thanks, Squire.
2: All right, we're back with satellite debris right after this.
0: So, several people in the newsroom had a sneak peek of one of your sat debris pieces tonight, Squire, and there was a lot of. oh turning away from the <laughs> monitors on our desk and, oh.
2: I think we need to dis- do we need a disturbing content we warning might. here we almost it's borderline yeah <laughs> all right you guys uh, okay but it won't be
18: the, it'll be the third segment of satellite debris okay. so you have some time to think about it at home and maybe turn away <laughs> the first one though features a talking swan who doesn't like that <laughs>
10: It's with great pleasure that I announce our partnership. Wimbledon is now the official tennis of Sipsmith Gin.
12: What? No, you've got it the wrong way round. Where are you going?
10: This is the official manicured grass of Sipsmith Gin.
12: No, it's the official manicured grass of Wimbledon.
10: Mmm, grass is delicious. This is the official ball machine of Sipsmith Gin. This is the official handmade high chair of Sipsmith Gin. Have you ever sat up here? I have. <sighs> official rain. Official superfan. Official lawnmower. I've mowed my face into the grass. Official hawk. That's enough. Official net. Official official. Get it?
3: Yeah, I get it.
10: Wimbledon. Official tennis of Sipsmith Gin. Annie, do you have eyes on the swan? Over. Official walkie-talkie.
6: Uh, I don't know what to say to you anymore.
10: Well, we're out of time anyway. Gin. Quite
6: right. Hold uh. the last little bit.
18: Gin. Okay, uh, Domino's. This is, a, could this be called disturbing or just funny? I don't it's know. weird. It's weird. Okay, there you go. Dominoes.
10: Mm. Oh, I, Oh, mm, uh, oh.
4: Ah. it been, uh. Oh, <laughs> that? <laughs>
10: Dominoes, so mouth bogglingly tasty,
18: you just.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That happens around
18: here sometimes. Yeah, true. Now that is disturbing. (laughs) Okay, this one is from Kentucky Fried Chicken. Some people don't like what they do with the fingers here. Oh, look. Oh, we got the banner. Nice. I don't know how disturbing it really is, but it depends. You decide, or turn away, whatever you like.
4: AFC presents a sad story. The story of the little one. Think how he feels next to his big brothers with their official cool names. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The thumb, the like button before the like button. The index finger, the one that shows the way. The middle finger, the bad boy. The ring finger, the family man. But he is just the little one, the army knife. Hey, little one, drive that screw. Hey, little one, remove my sleep. Hey, little one, it's toothpick time. Hey, little one, my ear needs cleaning. (coughs) And of course, he's never invited to parties. But KFC's gonna change all that, because in order to grab a piece of KFC chicken, you'll need all five fingers. And of course, afterwards, you'll lick them all. And yes, even the little one. Because at KFC, we are for the little one, and for every single finger, finger licking good. (laughs)
0: <laughs> i'd be more
18: disturbed if my fingers had little mustaches that's right. did he
0: was wash well. the little finger before <laughs> like after sticking it in the ear and then going into the bucket of chicken
2: very Good. important in these unprecedented times have a great weekend everybody happy father's day